intimacy with ourselves, intimacy with others, intimacy with life. And intimacy is a wonderful word in this practice because we're learning how to meet our experience as it is. We meet experience. We become intimate with experience. This is really what we want. So the one skillful means that I want to offer you this evening is the skillful means of setting an intention, an intention to welcome all experience, no matter whether you like it or whether you don't like it. To welcome your experience, whether it feels good or whether it doesn't feel good. That's pretty radical, isn't it? You know, because usually we only welcome the experiences that feel good. We don't want the experiences that don't feel good or the ones we don't like. So this is a radical, a different way of looking at our experience. You really having a welcoming attitude to all that occurs. We can say to ourselves, I will have an attitude of openness to all of life. I will have an attitude of openness to all of life, whether experience is pleasant or whether it's unpleasant. I will not perceive my experience as an enemy. Because so often we do. So many different experiences that we have, we want to annihilate because we identify with them and we think that they're me, they're I, they're who I am. So when we welcome experience, we're not seeing any experience as our enemy. But all of it can move through. All of life can express itself. Can I have this kind of attitude? Usually it's the opposite. We're hoping that nothing will go wrong. So we take a defensive position, trying to hold things together, holding on tight, you know, manipulating this, controlling that, you know, not welcoming all experience. No. I remember one time, I always have this memory of uh, a long time ago, I was on a roller coaster with my little 10-year-old niece. We're going up and up and up and up and up. And as we get just towards the top, she says, hold your breath and then you won't be able to feel anything. And it was a time I'd already been practicing, and I remembered the teachings were like, breathe so you can feel. And I thought that was so interesting, how she, you know, she knew that if she held her breath, she wouldn't have to feel. And that's so much of our experience, I think. And I know for myself, I have to constantly remind myself to breathe. To breathe. We can all breathe. Breathe. And with that breath comes an openness because there's a relaxation. There's a, a breath, a relaxation, a relaxation, and an openness. There's a, already life is moving in a different way when, when we breathe. And I think that we fear that if we let go and we open to the flow of life, that we will be inviting more pain into our life. It's like, like I, if I can stay somewhat close and I can keep the pain away, 
you know, as if that works. And of course, there's, it doesn't, it's not true. And there's two reasons that it's not true. One is because this is a self-centered view, and it reinforces the idea that I'm in control and I'm responsible. I invite my pain in and I can keep it out. You know, somehow that we're, we're in charge of the door, opening and closing the door. We're the doorman at the hotel, you know. And the second reason is because it's superstitious, that I can control my life. You know, it's just not true. The opposite is true. And this is really the message that I want to communicate tonight, that the opposite is true. That if I open, it doesn't mean that my difficulty will increase. This welcoming attitude is what frees the mind. Because then I am not as bound up in fear and contraction. This is the doorway to freedom. This is where we get what we really want. Which is an open heart, an open mind, a a living life in a more wise and conscious way. When we open, this is the source of our strength. This is the source of our stability. When we are closed and tight and contracted, that is not a very stable position. It's a very unstable, unreliable position to be in. But the more I open, the more I relax, the more I'm centered, the more I'm connected. This is where I can contact the strength of my being, the integrity of my being, the wisdom of my being. This attitude is the wisdom that increases my capacity to meet life. This is the doorway to be welcoming, not to push away. We call these moments when we are able to open to experience as it is, we call these moments moments of momentary (coughs) freedom momentary freedom. In fact, these moments are a taste of Nibbana, a taste of enlightenment. Because it's these moments when we experience the full texture of what's happening without the judgment, without building up a big story about what's happening, without struggling against the experience to change it, but by allowing it to be as it is. These are our moments of freedom. These are our moments of liberation. And what are we free from in these moments? We are free from the the identification with the patterns of mind that give rise to the sense of I. The demanding I, the I want. I want this. I don't want that. I want it to be like this. I don't want it to be like that. We let go. We relax that constricted I. And when we relax that constricted eye, then we taste freedom. We come into the liberating insight. We come into the doorway to our awakening. Like when I was at the forced refuge, I started to taste that. That was the whole of my practice, was just to keep letting go, to open to it just as it was. Because I, I know that is where the liberation 
lives. That's where, that's, that's, that's it. That's the source. It's the words of a Tibetan Rinpoche. There is nothing that has to be done about whatever is happening, and there is nothing that has to be undone. Nothing that has to be done, nothing that has to be undone. Another Rinpoche. Profound and tranquil, free from complexity, uncompounded, luminous clarity. This is the depth of mind of the awakened ones. In this there is not a thing to be removed, nor is there anything to be added. It is merely the immaculate looking naturally at itself. This is what we are all longing for, really. This is what the heart longs for, these tastes of freedom, tastes of liberation. And we're asked to welcome our experience even if we feel we are not up to the task. And I want to read this quote from uh, Pierre Villiant Khan, which I think really points to this magnitude of our task. He says, overcome any bitterness that may have come because you were not up to the magnitude of the pain that was entrusted to you. Like the mother of the world who carries the pain of the world in her heart, each one of us is part of her heart and therefore endowed with a certain measure of cosmic pain. You are sharing in the totality of that pain. You are called on to meet it with joy instead of self-pity. And this joy, when joy may sound a little like joy, you know, in the midst of pain, but I think the joy that he's pointing to there is the joy that arises when we touch the heart of compassion. It's not a joy, kind of like an ecstatic kind of, you know, excited joy, but it's a sweet, content kind of blissful feeling in the heart when we can embrace what is with the heart of compassion. Just that. Can we do it? Can we do it? So we are asked to let go, to find our way to let go. That's what all the teachings are pointing to. It's what the path is about. And then we let go into our deepest wisdom. Wisdom that gives rise to the letting, letting go is the wisdom of the generations of the awakened ones who have gone before us and laid down the noble path. And these paths are the pathways that point us back to our true nature. They point us back to our wise and our liberated heart. So the letting go is about awakening our deepest wisdom. Let's sit for just a few minutes and then we can have a little questions. Mm -hmm. 